Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year of the Great North American Blizzard. This that it attacked the East Coast with so much snow that even uh, let's see in Big Meadows, Virginia, forty-seven inches of snow. That's how crazy things got. Damn! I don't know why, but I thought the fact was going to be about vanilla ice. We were talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know. I had it was close, but, you know, I, I decided to go a little bit out of the box for this one. And <laughs> I, uh, for you New York natives, we got a uh, 20 inches, just so you know, for you New York. I do, I do remember that storm mainly because um, I remember having to walk through it. I don't know why. This was like a vivid memory I had when I was like five years old of walking through all that snow and almost like getting buried in it. Not that I'm saying it was like I'm 20 inches tall at the time, but rather, <laughs> you know, for, for a kid, that's a, that's, a, that's a ton of snow. Yeah, that is an overwhelming amount of snow. <laughs> and I think even static could relate to us today. Yes, because today we're talking about our next episode in season two. We're talking about the first one called Frozen Out, followed by episode six of season two, Sunspots. So this episode, I think we could call it a song of ice and fire. That way oh. we could, uh, you know, avoid any trademark issues. <laughs> yeah, and we could even put the fire and ice DC heroes. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, as advertisement. It all, it all loops. It all connects. <laughs> 
So yes, in these two episodes, our main static cast is back, and we got special guest stars here with um, uh, Hendon Walsh uh, playing Permafrost. You know, this was before she would go on to voice Starfire in the Teen Titans series pretty much in every single iteration has ever been. And it's also, it's, yeah, it, I, I just got to say that is insane <laughs> that she is on static before Starfire. I could not believe it. I couldn't. <laughs> it's and also quick shout out to again to our our um, guests a couple episodes back because Hinden was also part of the Winx Club at one point. She voiced two characters on the Winx Club. Um, I will y- y'all can look up to see who because we got to keep this going as we talk about our next special guest star, Michael Dorn, who you know the, he joined on a ship not in the galaxy far, far away, but in another universe as he played Worf, the Klingon Worf in the Star Trek series. He is here in this Frozen Out episode as Reverend Anderson. Uh, but yeah, for, Sunspots had a typical cast, no special guests there. Um, because it was pretty much all of everybody returning, but we're going to start off with Frozen Out with, you know, we just finished out our holiday specials and then bam, once again, it's Christmas time. Well, technically it's Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa time. Oh, that's that's true. That's that's why we didn't didn't want to cover it just for Christmas because this one is all inclusive. And also (laughs) we forgot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So... We are in Virgil is right in the mix of it. He's got so much on his plate. He's got a Hanukkah event with Frida. Hey, Frida. Right, yo. Where's <laughs> Frida been this entire time? It's the question you'll be asking yourself because she does not appear for the rest of the episode, pretty much. <laughs> so he's trying to make the Hanukkah party, Daisy's Kwanzaa party. He has a Ramadan party lined up. And this is the all most inclusive do- friend group I've ever heard anyone have. Like it's yeah. like a CW series. And what are the chances you get invited to all three? I've never pulled it off. Okay, that was my next question because I was just like, I don't even think I've been invited to these holiday celebrations like that. I felt like these were like key family things you probably didn't want your friends coming through to see. But I'm kind of glad that Virgil's getting all this exposure and also Richie because you know the the boy needs it after his whole scenario of his dad. So, oh yeah, some family time is definitely required. But mm. early on, we're going to put the petition: Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa Don. Somebody throw Christmas this party next year, <laughs> so we can get it all all in one go, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have to go across the city. So, I'm like Virgil, who you know he's split between all these things. But for a minute, all he wants to do is enjoy some latkes and some delicious latkes. Unfortunately. The power just went out <laughs> and Richie is just not going to let Virgil go. He's he's just saying, yo, you got to take care of this. I'm sorry. I'll save you a plate, maybe, but you got to go. Word, I'm pretty sure those latkes are probably fire. Ah, yeah, you know they were. <laughs> you know they were. So Static heads on over because he hears um, using his new ability, which I don't think we've seen yet before, but the... Uh, the static radio call because he's able to take his hand, put it up next to his ear and dial in to the the police radios. So he heads on over to a frozen transformer where he does, I guess the one thing, another new move where he's able to burn off all the ice that's frozen over this transformer with very minimal damage. I think this time around. 
Yeah, no, actually, I can't. There's no recorded damage here that I could see. Um, I also like to mention the city workers around the transformer are doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> they're <laughs> nothing not, at all. They're not trying to fix the situation at all. They're like, "This is we're not getting paid overtime. <laughs> we're we'll just sit around." And thank God, Static was there. Otherwise, <laughs> so many people would have not had power. And while he's around the the power station, he sees a metahuman in the distance and he tries to confront, but he is hit by icicles and he's pinned by an icicle. He can't get out. And it's a great tension scene where he's just so close to recharging his powers because he burned them all in that one melting ice scene, but he just is just out of reach. It's a great tension filled scene. Yeah, I agree. And also just seeing it's basically like raining ice stalactites, stalagmites. I, oh, tides. I, okay. Is this the yeah, thing? yeah, I think so. I could be wrong, but I'm going to say you're right. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Earth Science. So <laughs> as he makes his way out uh, the next morning, Virgil is basically now attacked by more ice as Richie comes up and hits him in the face of a snowball. Which is just so rude, man. Like, and he didn't even bring him any lockups from the party. So that's even worse. So Virgil is reading through the paper and Richie tells him, yo, check out page six because I hooked you up with, um, you know, just like a PR thing. You know, we got to work on your brand. And Static is now slated to light the Christmas tree that's happening in Dakota a couple of days from now, which Static is very upset with because he's just like, I just want to relax. I want, this is the holiday season and everything so far has just been nothing but work and despair around me. I want to chill. Yeah. I, I gotta say, Richie is real obnoxious in this episode for no reason. <laughs> <He> really is. <laughs> he's like, go do your job, Static. I sound you up for tree lighting, Static. I'm like, Richie. Richie, tone it down, man. It's the holidays. Maybe you get this later in the holidays. I don't want to hang out with you right now. <laughs> but Static is still going to try to make the tree lighting and then live his life as Virgil, which is, funnily enough, a, a plot line that would have worked a lot better in the Shaq episode. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> still but feeling he, a little hurt there, I see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would have been perfect. The balancing of the lives. But in any case, he's over at the mall with Daisy and his true love interest, it seems. Mm -hmm. And I love this quick thing where he's like, I'm trying to get a Christmas gift for my sister. I hope they have a sale on muzzles. Damn. (laughs) Damn, Virgil. (laughs) And things start getting a little icy. So he uses yet another bathroom related excuse. He says the hot chocolate's running through him too quickly. He has to go to the bathroom so he can change. And we find that the icy metahuman is encountering a shop owner and accidentally freezes his hand, which will 90% sure has to get amputated. Yes, that was a clear indicated there, people. Uh, Keep your distance. Uh, Not only just what's going on right now in the world, but in general, don't put your hands on somebody 
because as his hand gets frozen over, she starts freezing up the rest of the mall. Everybody's going crazy. Like she is running through the entire mall and things are just being frozen solid behind her. People are falling down frozen escalators. There's at one point in which the giant tree in the mall gets completely frozen over as it starts tipping over and Daisy is about to be the victim of a ice tree scenario, which is just a bad thing you want to ever happen to you on the holidays, to be honest. Oh yeah. It's the worst. It's, you know, it's surprisingly common. I think it happened at least once in human history and (laughs) static of course comes in, saves, saves Daisy. There was a nice little clip. He's like, Lois, is it? And (laughs) that's our DC reference of the week. (laughs) Y'all there you go. I love, love the connection, but during his save, he gets caught on a rising icicle and he almost is going to go straight into the ceiling when he uses one of my favorite, so many new techniques yeah. in this episode. So creative. But he uses the electricity to heat up the ice so he can essentially fall down through the icicle like an escalator. Um, elevator, I mean. And just go right down. And it's so cool how it's animated, that he thought of it on the fly. I'm, I'm loving this expanded power set for Static today. And as Static is traveling through the floors, we jump on over to the girl again, the um, same person that Static saw before. She sees a little girl being protected by her mother. Her mother's telling her, don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you. And in this moment, we get a flashback to add some exposition to just exactly who this girl is. We see that she's dancing around the Christmas tree. She's decorating it. Her mother is sitting in the in the chair across from her. And we see that she's hooked up to an oxygen tank in some way, shape, or form. So she's passing her some more ornaments, one in particular being this um, an angel Christmas tree topper. And as she's about to hand it to her, this man from the shadows just pops out of nowhere. He is walking through the house and it's clear that his presence alone is colder than the weather outside so as he heads on now he doesn't say anything doesn't greet anyone in any way shape or form he just opens the door slams it shut and keeps on his way this causes the little girl's mother to go into this crazy coughing fit and we immediately jump to the next scene now where it's just like the ornaments have fallen there is an ambulance there outside the house and the little girl's outside holding on to the angel tree topper once again. Then we see someone's behind there and there's a woman from child services telling her that she needs to come with her. And this girl is immediately just scared. She's lost. Like it's really such a strong scene, especially just the way it's even handled where it's no, there's hardly any color in it. So it's just like putting forward, this is such a dark memory for her. And as she tries to run away, the little girl trips on some snow, and this causes the angel that she had in her hands to fly out, hit the ground, and shatter on impact. I got to say, this was, like, really jarring to see because it was just, like, I didn't remember this at all. I mean, I hardly remember this episode. But just seeing how it all started out for her, and this is, like, this is the first time I think we ever got a chance to really see such in-depth backstory on a villain like throughout the entire season so far. Yeah, this is like a full up prologue right mm-hmm. here where we're really getting into what made what made her. And 
yeah, they, they kind of let you fill in the gaps too. That after that, some point after that, she became a bang baby mm-hmm. because some of this memory was triggered by her seeing a mother and daughter. So it's in the mall. So you can kind of put together that she has been separated from her mother for a while. She's on her own. And now she has these ice powers that she can't fully control, but they are tied to her emotions. So it's a really good setup for her inevitable next clash with static because she leaves and Virgil, he goes off. He has to take care of some stuff at the community center where to lighten the mood, I guess Richie is being obnoxious as hell again (laughs) and Uh, lifting packages like, I, I get it, Richie. I get it. Like lifting, you want some a little help with packages with um by using having Virgil use some magnetic boost or whatever. But he's Richie's just whining and complaining. And as soon as he gets a chance, Richie just leaves. He just straight up <laughs> leaves static to move all these boxes. But we do find out that these boxes are for are to benefit the homeless in Dakota. Yeah, and we get a really good conversation here because Virgil, upon trying to talk with his dad to see if there's any point in which he could leave and chill and relax, his dad introduces him to Reverend Anderson here. And the two of them are having a conversation about basically homelessness in, you know, in Dakota at this point. And something that was really I'm really surprised that they dropped in here was the fact that they commented on the fact that there's a lack of involvement from the politicians in Dakota or possibly even in America to address this issue. So it's up to us to really handle it, to really help in any way that we can. And they even drop in some staggering statistics about how many people you can find that are either unhoused individuals. So whenever you just hearing that they were able to drop that and then kind of lead the conversation into, hey, if you have some time, I'd love to tell you more about it in terms of just like, I want you to get involved to help. Um, Static, unfortunately, tells him that he's currently late to head head over to Daisy's Kwanzaa party. As you jump back home now, Virgil's trying to find the freshest of shirts. Unfortunately, it seems that none of them have been touched by the downy or the fabric softener or detergent in quite some time. Yeah, he's uh he's he's got to go. <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, he gets a call from Richie. God, Richie just <laughs> ruining Christmas. And Richie lets him know there's a sudden ice storm, not unlike the 1996 nor'easter, mm. uh downtown. And Static puts two and two together and figures out that this is the metahuman he's been looking for. Richie nicknames her Permafrost. So he decides to go over and confront her. And real quick, I do want to mention that Static did mention going online shopping. Yeah. Earlier, which I was like, was that 2001? 2002. Two? We we all online shopping like that? (laughs) Sure. He's ahead of your time, ahead of your time. But Static goes down to confront Permafrost. And what I really love about this moment is. Well, there's two things. One, he doesn't attack her. Mm-hmm. And usually he shows up with the bang baby. He kind of tries to interfere right away. But here he does not make any threatening moves. He doesn't try to 
container or strainer at all. He just wants to have a conversation with her. And then secondly, the attack that motivates Permafrost to lash out is Virgil saying, come with me. You mm-hmm. have to come with me now. So it's a traumatic trigger for her that motivates her to lash out. It's not random. It's not spiteful. It is trauma from her past has caused her. So it's a really nice interaction that sets up this inevitable fight. One of the saddest fights going into it in the show so far, because you, we don't want either of them to hurt each other. Agreed. But we do know that this confrontation is coming because as Static flies on over to where Permafrost has run off to, like there's some really great scenes in this animation of the fight too, that they, the quick fight that they have is really just the chase where Permafrost creates basically a snow tidal wave. Yeah. Um, but she's also exhibiting skills of just like a basically an ice, like a speed skater and everything. She's dodging traffic. She's blowing off like other icicles in Static's way so that he can at least be stopped so she can get away. But as Static gets caught in this snow tidal wave, he locates where Permafrost could be hiding. And this is the first time that Static gets introduced with the the issue of the homeless community within Dakota as he's talking with them. And they're all just against him even being there. Just they're all saying that we just want to be left alone. Like, you know, we've already suffered through enough. And it's clear that it's just like there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we're just not witnessing because it's and it's a good line that gets said later on that i just want to save that line for later but there's one person who's willing to help static and it's a woman who is taking care of two children it's unknown whether these children are her own but um you know it's kind of i'm just it's good to just see that this woman here is like helping in any way that she can with her in the community that she has here so as she leads static over to where permafrost's room is he sees like this entire kind of bedroom set up just completely frozen over and he sees there's a photo gr- photograph on the on the ice dresser that's there and he, when he looks at it he sees that there's a picture of this little girl with her mom and then part of the picture has been ripped off indicating that same man that we saw earlier who basically walked out of the home oh, and this is a great animated shot mm-hmm. just because you see Virgil's face where the stepfather's face should be before the frame shatters and just sees the picture. So it's a great internal callback to earlier when the ornament shattered to see the frame shattered. You know, her family is shattered, keeps going, you know, keeps going over and over again. And it sets up a great moment later, which we'll definitely get into. And in the midst of this conversation, and I, you know, I alluded to this a couple of episodes ago, but now hearing it is so great that the mother that in the homeless mother that we encounter mm-hmm. says, you know, I think she's got mental problems. Mm, I think yes. she's got some mental issues. So she says it. And then when static takes the information he has to the priest, he talked to earlier while still dressed up as static. The priest also reinforces that mental illness is a problem amongst the homeless community. It's one of the factors that can lead to homelessness. So, yeah, these this show 
is having open conversations about mental illness. And that, again, uh, years ahead of its time, where now that's pretty common for shows, but it, for kids shows at this age. But back then, it's, it's crazy to see that, to see it talked about so openly. Yeah, agreed. I mean, this show does wonders in the social commentary, even in the smallest ways, like just some things just pop up that you just connect with that could be life changing for someone in the future because it registers for them like, wait, here is a way that I can help or wait, here is something that I don't agree with. How can I what can I do to help change that? Because even here, as Static is talking with Reverend Anderson, they're talking about the resources that could be available for people. So unfortunately, we don't get a chance to dive into it at this moment because Static has to head on over to the tree lighting ceremony and Reverend Anderson is going to be working on, which is a really cool thing to hear, an interfaith sermon where he's bringing together everything that we've heard about with Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Ramadan. So I'm just really, just really impressed that this was able to happen in a show in the early 2000s. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is so forward thinking. Mm. So many aspects of the show are so forward thinking. And I, I'm just constantly impressed by what they're able to do. And even Static at one point talks to God as a quip, yes. as a quip aside. Okay, I thought I was the yeah, yeah. That one I was shocked with because I don't think I've ever expected to see that portrayed in a cartoon in any way, shape, or form. And he's not even having like a like a a prayer, sit down prayer kind of conversation with God. It's just a conversation, which yeah. to me just seems so cool. It's just like I'm commenting on this crazy things happening with me right now. It's like, I'm having one of those days. You ever have one of those days, God? And yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know he doesn't have a God complex. Right. So Virgil is at the tree lighting ceremony. He doesn't want to be at. <laughs> <laughs> and just as he's about to light the tree and do the ceremony, some ice and wind blows in. So he confronts Permafrost, who now he knows her name is Maureen. Mm-hmm. And I love this moment because he calls her Maureen and that kind of snaps her out of attacking. Can you think of another DC movie that tried that and it didn't quite work? <laughs> <laughs> it was right there, y'all. It was right there. Just look at it. was not, I don't remember how long ago that movie was, but this show had it. Yes. Picture <laughs> the Will Smith meme where he's just like, here it is. <laughs> Because just saying the name connects them. Mm -hmm. And then as an added bonus, not to take away the emotional weight of the scene, but it's impossible not to make the comparison. Another point of connection between them is Virgil says, I lost my mom too. Mm -hmm. And they have this connection through that pain. And he, and Virgil acknowledges like the pain doesn't go away, but we, we can help. Like maybe we can help you. And Maureen's line is just heartbreaking where she just goes, all these families happy and warm. They don't know what they have. That's why I took out the transformer and attacked. So, you know, it's not for riches. It wasn't for vandalism. Everything Maureen has done up to this point is connected to her character and her backstory. 
it she is the most fully formed villain that is ever and villain is not even the right word she's just an antagonist in this case because she was just working opposite of what virgil wanted but it is yeah it she's so fully formed and everything comes full circle in this beautiful confrontation they don't really need to fight again Mm -hmm. you know they don't need to have ice send a truck driver to his death while Virgil does nothing, <laughs> which he did do earlier. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the truck driver was all right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. <laughs> maybe, but uh, yeah, it's cartoons. he'll be all right. <laughs> Cartoon <laughs> physics. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. But this is a great way to bring it full circle. Yeah, I agree. And also just want to say too, like this fight scene that they had really short, but it was really well animated. I think, the two of them show that they have the sense of confidence, even in just like their abilities here of what they have control over of static being able to talk things through, because even compared to what he's done in the past, like, you know, he's done the lift cars and bus and like trains, boats and automobiles and all those things. To, but this time he's really playing the defensive, like I'm trying to talk to you kind of scenario while Maureen is just showcasing that, like, she has full control of her ice powers, which is really just cool to see that, like, at this moment, as someone who just feels lost and disappointed in her world, she kind of has a sense of, of, like, confidence here. And then moving on to once they really kind of reconcile, um, she says also a line that I, I really, that really connected with me because it was just like, you know, static doesn't know what it's like to, to be an unhoused individual here. She is that she's living this life. And she mentions how people look past her constantly, like she's not even there. And he admits right there in that moment. He's like, yeah, I've been guilty of that. Yep. Yeah, I've been guilty of looking right through mm-hmm. through her is a great it's a great line. And it comes it it comes right before they hug. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this this hug connection, this moment of warmth between the two. And I mean that that we haven't seen Stat again a fight like that. And and that's it was great to see that it's resolved peacefully and in the following scene he takes maureen to the priest uh, Mm -hmm. that he met earlier and you know the priest basically says you know you it's up to you we're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do and maureen chooses to be get better and get help and get support in that moment from a child services worker or a social worker that's there in the room and it's it's just a lovely moment two episodes back when mirage went to child services that's kind of where it ended oh yeah but here we got to see maureen take an active Mm -hmm. active choice and decide to do it yeah and we jump to our next scene now we see the interfaith um service is being held with reverend anderson um speaking to the crowd and you know again I just love, as you mentioned, just the love of the commentary from the people of Dakota, because there's definitely one line in which when Reverend Anderson says, we need to be there for those who are in need, because we need to come together and help the needy any way we can. And someone definitely yelled out, preach, preacher. Yes. (laughs) And I lost it at this moment. (laughs) Yes. This is, it's just like, Bigfoot's theme song. It's yeah. like every time you hear it, 
it's so beautiful. All the commentary, you could tell people had fun pretending to react to the sermon. And it all wraps up with this beautiful, heartbreaking montage where the priest says, for those who blessings are out of reach today, we must offer safe conduct and passage. And you see the homeless people that were uh, in the... the steel or kind of like the auto yards where they were mm-hmm. originally placed at first, where they found permafrost's place. Yeah. Yeah. You see them, you see the just moving between them and the church and it ends with Virgil shedding a tear mm-hmm. and Richie, you know, he doesn't have all the insight on this, all the whole case yet. So Richie is like, you know, is there anything wrong? And I was, I was like, no, you know, he's, he's just, he gets what the Christmas is about. Yeah. And that is that. Yeah. That that's where it wraps up. And I mean, what, what a complete full and, and layered story, you know, n- not expecting that from the Christmas special. Usually that's when people phone it in, right. <laughs> <laughs> but here it's definitely a different story. Yeah. And speaking of a different story, we're going to jump on to the next episode now, where we have the fire part of our song of Ice and Fire (laughs) with Sunspots. And don't worry about timeline and trying to make a a story that like follows um, in a linear format, because in our last episode, we were dealing all with ice. This time around, all the ice is melted. We have jumped, I guess, a couple months into the future or at least half a year into the future or something, because it is blazing hot outside as there's the clear eyes guy commercial who is um, there just being their teacher and explaining our new villain of the day, sunspots, because we are currently in this episode in the sunspot cycle and he's trying to get the class interested in it, but no one's really paying attention. I guess they're all dreaming about getting outside and, you know, enjoying some AC or a cool breeze of some sort while Richie's in the class and he gets called on to explain when, what is a sunspot and when will it end? And the answer is vague, never, maybe. <laughs> uh, we, so it's, they established that sunspots can go on for some periods of time. They don't really have a good way to monitor them at the current time they're in. And in the midst of all this, they see some smoke in the distance. So this is a huge fire because they can see it from their school. And once again, Virgil has that bathroom excuse. He pretends to, (laughs) he says he ate some green meat. He's, he's got to go. Teacher lets him out and the super Saiyan transformation begins. Yeah, and um, one quick thing about sunspots that we also learned in this in this episode and a little earlier on is that they tend to mess around with electromagnetic capabilities. So as static types to go Super Saiyan to charge up, we see the jump from instead of going Super Saiyan, he goes basically Super Saiyan God because his powers send him flying out of the alleyway causing him to crash into the middle of the street. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's contemplating that maybe it was the vegetables that he ate. And as he starts to head on over to the fire, he sees that the fire department's pretty much had it handled, except for this one steel door 
that they're trying to break through because someone is trapped on the other side. And how the hell? Right. I'm sorry. How the hell did she get on the other side of the steel door? That's what I'm wondering too, because it does not make sense if she was in, if it was safe, it was an apartment building. One, I don't know what apartment building has a steel door. <laughs> Two, right. She could not have gotten down there if all the fire exits were to lead directly outside. Why would they have another obstacle for her to get through? Yeah, what, what is there's like, does she live in a parking garage? And with the parking garage, like, <laughs> Like, those are not made out of hard steel, Those usually. Like, I, I don't know what kind of steel door. Maybe, Dakota, you want some extra security. But <laughs> the firefighters were trying to use their access to get through. And I'm not going to tell a firefighter how to do their job. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to say, say, I don't think you use access on steel. Uh, just buzz saws, maybe. That's just my guess. But um, the axes aren't working. Static comes through and he's just like, don't worry, y'all. I got this. And as he uses his powers to pull open the steel door, uh, he gives it a little too much juice here. And the steel door goes flying a couple blocks away, crashing on top of some power lines. And it starts to, you know, start spritzing out and um, spazzing out onto the onto the streets and the sidewalk as a driver starts driving towards it. And the only thing that he can do is try to swerve out the way long enough for static to at least come and save him. Unfortunately, static again has too much juice. So he, when he moves the car out of the way, he flings it into the air, (laughs) catches it at the last second. And I love this, this interaction because (laughs) the guy, the guy in the car is complaining about getting rescued which is, I'm telling you if this would have happened in New York City, this exact scenario, I guarantee the person in the car wouldn't have said thank you and have been like, what the hell was that, bro? Like, <laughs> you threw me halfway across the city. And he, he's terrified, but he's like, yo, Static, can you drop me off? And Static's like, I thought you were scared to death. And he goes, I was scared to death, but the traffic is even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dakota, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> the the citizens of Dakota just are just a different breed, man. They 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 got some commentary for days. And Virgil and Richie, uh, they're talking about it. You know, they're talking about static. His powers are going crazy. They're too strong. And this is when Richie kind of puts two and two together that like, hey, maybe it actually is connected to the sunspots. So, you know, you should probably head on home right before Richie gets tased because Static gives him a high five that basically would make Batman impressed from our big leagues episode. Oh yeah. He would definitely use this on Joker if he could. <laughs> so why would you transition? What, what was it with the music in this episode? The music of this episode went so hard. It did. All the transitions. <laughs> It was like, I can't remember the specific songs, but essentially it's just like in between these transitions, they had like playing the equivalent of like some Usher R&B, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in between each scene. I was like, what, what are you doing, guys? What, y'all, y'all all right? <laughs> you going through some things this week? <laughs> uh, 
This one probably only worked out just because in the next scene, Virgil's dad asked him about, hey, are you going on this? Uh, this I heard you're going on this date later. So, you know, I think it was appropriate there to play that little R&B music where it was just basically someone, you know, with the the mean vocal runs going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, Robert doesn't want any grandchildren, all right? I right. understand. I understand. It's too soon for him. But, yeah, so we find out Virgil is supposed to go meet up with Daisy to study for the history test. But, unfortunately, his powers start acting up. The forks and all the metal objects across the kitchen start flying to him. Luckily, his his sister and father are out of the room because the electrical lights in the house, everything has been disrupted. They went to check it out. So he tries to work off the power and he accidentally sends himself flying to a great distance away from where he needs to be. Yeah, this is um, Static in Africa before the actual Static in Africa episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, this means that he has to cancel his study date with, with Daisy. As he gets a, a plane back, he clings onto the plane and he just flies back to Dakota. And as he's flying back down, he goes to the abandoned junkyard to once again try to dispel some of this extra energy. But he still can't control it as low-key this would have been. This kind of probably could have been an EMP in the making if he didn't i guess like i don't know what happened but it was just if there was any more electrical items around him that like powered on he would have basically created another emp in dakota oh yeah he was very close it was lucky there was nothing around yeah but i will <laughs> give him credit that when he was dismounting from the plane going to the junkyard he did this sick jump like he jumped like 50 feet in the air and landed on his disc perfectly like how Yo, you've been working <laughs> on your move, Static. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> respect, respect. I'm pretty sure it's Richie telling him, it's like, hey, we need to practice this more often, man. <laughs> you never know what scenario you're going to be in for this. <laughs> your 360, 180, Ollie flip. <laughs> Makes Tony so, Hawk jealous. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Hawk is very jealous. So next day at school, he's only gotten a couple hours of sleep. He's tired. Richie is he's filling in Richie on the situation. And of course, just to pile it on, Hot Streak is back from counseling. He's out of the juvie and he's ready with his new rap soundtrack. It's not as good as Bigfoot's. Bigfoot, <laughs> you safe, man. Yep. Your theme is still secure. But Hot Streak came with the hot fire behind him. So every time you see him, He's got that. He's got that track behind him, and I will say it was low key fire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they try to keep their distance, and as Virgil and Richie head on into the school, uh, Daisy confronts Virgil here and is just like, "Yo, what happened with you yesterday? We were supposed to meet up." And Virgil tries to apologize, but she's like, you know what? Don't save it for me because honestly, you you probably going to need it for your test today since you're the one that needs help in history. And as Virgil's taking the test, his powers start to charge back up, causing everybody in the room to just get attacked by their test papers with like pens and pencils and the papers start flying around and sticking onto their clothing and everything. The lights start going crazy. And as everyone runs out, 
there is this one line in which somebody who says, I'm not going back into this school unless someone gets an exorcist. Fantastic. <laughs> Simply fantastic. So good. Uh, <laughs> and Virgil blows up, goes to blow out his powers again. But this time he feels like oh over the ocean. And but when he makes his way back to shore, he realizes he's lost too much power. And he can't feel he doesn't have a connection to electricity as much as he used to. So he quickly speed runs the plot of Spider-Man 2 and is like, you know what? It's kind of nice not being a hero with powers. It's kind of nice chilling and being a regular guy. I have time for everything. <laughs> I have time for my romantic interests. And he's kind of enjoying that he gets to sit down and study with Daisy and catch up on history. I'm not going to lie. That Spider-Man 2 line got me. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is the plot of Spider-Man 2. Yep. <laughs> and I do say speedrun because that section of the episode passes by very quickly. <laughs> so while Virgil's just enjoying this life, Hot Streak is now picking on this kid, asking him for lunch money. It is, I gotta say, it was a, it was a little shocking for me because the kid is his voice is definitely Richie's voice. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like Richie was just in the scene. So shout out to that double work that was going on there just now. And as Virgil goes over to, you know, basically just shut down Francis's, um, you know, steal your lunch money operation. Uh, Richie stops him. It's like, yo, you can't do anything. Like even back as Virgil, you couldn't handle it. And now, you know, and you're not static anymore. He possibly still has his full powers. So, and in that moment, Virgil is like, I mean, does he? Which quickly gets answered as Hot Streak is now throwing balls of flame at this kid as he runs away. And then one of the school's security guards runs on over to try to tell him to stop. And he immediately lights the path around the school on fire. Look, give the security guard a raise, man. Yeah, word. He was ready for the smoke. Mm -hmm. And... But he couldn't handle that. <laughs> like, <laughs> there was a lot of fire to that book, actually. <laughs> couldn't, yeah, we could. <laughs> and Virgil's like, I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. So even though he doesn't have his powers, he brings back the zap caps from way back in season one that contain electrical bursts of energy. And in a really clever solution, he decides to go on the street as static while Richie and him throw grenades of electricity. And he has so much fun with this, uh, attacking Hot Streak like this, that he goes like, I've gotten a lot stronger, the classic anime line. <laughs> and he's like, I can, I can shoot electricity with a wink. And he winks and Richie throws the sap cap and it explodes. It's, I love it. I love this, this little fun he has here in the scene. Yeah, unfortunately, though, they quickly run out of zap caps. And even though Hot Streak was visibly shook at first, he's now realizing that, like, yo, Static ain't got the juice. So he immediately starts chasing after him again, throwing some, some fireballs at him and all that. And as they are escaping Static and Richie, they climb up to the top of a building, and Static sees a fan there on top of it. And he's thinking to himself, what if I use myself as a conductor for the electricity here? And that way, be able to use my powers to 
you know, basically defend ourselves against hot street. And Richie has some general concerns here. Like he's asking him like, you know, what if you can't hold the charge? Like, we don't know if these sunspots might have made your body incapable of holding this amount of electricity. But Static says that, again, this is something that, like, a, a line that got echoed from his first fight with him. is like, I don't know, but I have to try. I have to do something. And Hot Streak flies up. He pulls out that Witcher special hot flame sword as... Static now shows that he's able to generate enough energy from the fan. And just when you think you're about to get this like ultimate power fight between the two of them, Static angles his hands just a little bit so it hits a water tower and sends a bunch of water heading towards Hot Streak's way, turning Francis back into the washed up villain that he is. Ooh, nice, nice, nice burn. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that incident of being conductor. And the combination of the sunspots wearing off, he gets back to his normal self. And Richie's like, oh, man, aren't you going to miss it? He's like, but I love flying around the city. And Virgil's having a good time flying. And he realizes he's late for his makeup study session <laughs> with Daisy. And he gets there just in time for her to leave. And I do want to mention, as this episode wraps up, did the school really have a makeup history test the same day the entire lawn was burning. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Dakota? Oh, Jesus. man. It's like, you know what? I won't give it to this school. They seem to be clearly funded. Uh, but again, I don't know why they are. I mean, we got chased out the building. It was a fire on the lawn. There was definitely police presence around there for quite some time. Like, metahuman task force police presence. So I feel like in most scenarios, the school would have been closed at least a day or two. At least all the smoke inhalation, mm-hmm. trauma. Come on, guys. <laughs> Not by the book. But, yep, that wraps up sunspots of our Song of Ice and Fire. How I was about to, I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to rank it by and say something like, Christmas, Hana, Kwanzaa, Don, Vodka's <laughs> out of 10, but we don't, we don't do that on this section here. We just say, who, who, who did it better? The, the, the fire or the ice? This is, this was a tough one. I think I have to, you know, and it's so, these, both of these episodes are really strong in my opinion, but I have to give best episode to Frozen Out because I love when we have those superhero stories that show we don't need to solve everything with a fist. Not only was Static out here to say, like, yo, let's talk this through. Here's the way that I connect with you, and I want to be able to talk that through with you. But they were also given some real resources for helping people who are homeless. So to to hear that in, like, I don't know, it was like 22 minutes, 21 minutes was really shocking and for a christmas special too that also was inclusive like it was so crazy that we have a christmas hana kwanzaa dom right is that is that the way we pronounce uh, it i think i think so i think okay so. this thing is a this thing is a crazy tongue twister <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was just awesome and also another thing i wanted to point out too um again richie's dad was going with him to every single one of these parties. 
Meaning that my dude went from being a fine, upstanding bigot to basically being invited to every cookout possible. Yeah, I think he has a BLM sticker now. You know, I think <laughs> right on his right on his bumper, he, he's he's schooling others now. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah I, I I did like that little detail that he keeps showing up everywhere. Also, um, I do want to give it to Sunspots. It was a it was a good episode mainly because it was filled with so many like science facts um and it's just the idea of sunspots and how they could have affected static and also probably affected hot streak for all we know but also just the way the episode ended like it's clear that virgil and daisy are the it couple they are that's his gonna be his love interest here and just the way the episode ended where it's just like before he had a time to maybe experience something with Daisy and then it ends on such this like sad note after he's like just thrilled to be back to normal so and even there it like ends with no music so I was just like it was a really cool scene just to see that like even though he has it all he's still missing something so I felt like it added more to Virgil's story but Frozen Out was just a stronger episode in storytelling in my opinion what about you? Yeah, I, I, Sunspots is a great episode, but I think Frozen Out is one of the best of the series. You you just have such a well-developed and clear villain mm. that we have never seen before, but we immediately empathize with. You have a great message about reaching out to your community and helping and valuing who you have and what you have in the holiday season it really is a message that is universal. There's something in this episode that will strike a chord with you. It's, it's just guaranteed. And I, I love the execution. I love what they did with this episode. And it, it, it just is, it's a great, it's a great 22 minutes. It's a tight, great animation. There's no, there's nothing except for Richie being a little annoying. There's nothing really out of, line with the rest of the series and it also makes it clear that i am still stuck on this but i think the shack episode was intended to come after these two episodes Mm -hmm. because both of these episodes deal with virgil having trouble balancing his two lives and i think if you put the shack episode after those two then I'd be like, oh, yeah, because I have seen him do this. He's been struggling lately. So Shaq is here to give him a nice reminder. Here, it just seems like Shaq can read the future and don't put that idea in his head. Because this is exactly what Virgil has to do for two weeks. So, yeah, we're we're not going to we don't need to do a whole rewatch order for the series. You can pretty much watch it. But I would suggest watching the Shaq episode after watching Frozen Out the song of ice and fire then go watch Shaq because it just makes so much more sense that way <laughs> agreed and i like i like that rta alteration there as you just said that. yeah i think that, that that definitely makes sense <laughs> and you can tell it's it these episodes are so good it's for another episode i have to add another alteration <laughs> to an episode that came before damn it Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> And so th- those are our two episodes here for um, for Static this week. And uh, again, these are, 
you know, made for TV episodes. So very little comic connections here. Um, we do have Hot Street coming up a couple times again throughout the comics, but he does get, you know, put in favor more for um, the other villain that they had. that had a very similar power set. And Permafrost, uh, you know, I think those, the more important story here that they wanted to focus on was how to help someone who is an unhoused individual. These are basically what Milestone really wanted to do with their comics. Bring up these, like, really cool science things that, you know, that, that just people of color just, you know, that we know. Like, we, at that time, we were portrayed probably of not being able to just know and understand these things. And here, Milestone was just like, you know what? We do know these things. We're going to show it to you right now. And then also taken to the same point of just, like, the issues that affect BIPOC communities, this one included in the homelessness. So especially at that time, it was very bad in like certain eras and there's still a lot of work to be done. But fortunately, there are definitely some great things that were just mentioned this episode alone for us and for you to really just help in any way, shape that we can. So yeah, again, no comic connections, but a lot of social commentary are found in these episodes. So Definitely make sure you're reading your comics, watching these shows, and also um, studying up on your science facts, because I learned a lot about sunspots in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, more more than I I ever knew. Uh, And yeah, I definitely did everything you said with that. The mark of a good story that just, the mark of a story, a, a good story about a bi POC character that isn't just how you can tell it's high quality is that the issues covered in it affect the community, but they're not limited to the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, homelessness and, and poverty, those are issues that have been entrenched in certain black communities, of course, but this show makes it clear. It is not just that an issue for one race or one type of people it is an issue that affects everyone. Bringing in Maureen as the lens, you know, someone who society expects to be taken care of, to, to not be neglected. And turning that perspective and making Virgil the person of a privilege who needs to understand it is such a brilliant way to make us recognize that, yeah, we may be overlooking things in our own lives. And it is striking whether you see yourself in Maureen, whether you see yourself in Virgil, it is such a clear message. You can't miss what's going on in this episode. There's no way you're going to walk away saying you took nothing from it. So Milestone, that's what they're they're so good at. And that I hope to see more of when we get that live action movie, that animated movie, the, the milestone animated spinoffs, blood syndicate, whatever they choose to do. I hope they, they bring the same level of attention to detail to their stories because it really is important and it really can affect people in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. And again, cannot wait for all those future productions. I mean, it's just going to be amazing to see these stories being told, especially because we've seen them doing it right here and just already in the early 2000s. So that's it for our episode. We have a couple more stuff happening in season two. There's a lot of great episodes still to come. 
But until then, take care of yourselves and definitely make sure you're checking out all these resources that were mentioned there in this episode, both in um, Frozen Knowledge, just how you can help your fellow person. And also just, you know, like also looking up how you can also avoid any sunspots. But really check out all the resources that are available out there to help someone in need. Yeah. And normally I would end this with a joke and I'm still going to do it because my other advice is if you're out there and your transformer gets frozen in ice, do something about it. Don't, don't just wait for static. Just <laughs> get a pickaxe, get out there, stop being lazy. 